Be Engaged and Inspired podcast. A simple warning, we may drop an F-bomb or other descriptive words just in case you have small children with you or are at work. We know many of you are planning right now from your cubicle. You've been warned. Be Engaged and Inspired podcast is sponsored by Barabort Jewelers in Glastonbury, Connecticut. BarabortJewelers.com And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. The Engaged and Inspired Podcast, this is DJ Sam. And this is Kia. We understand that navigating a wedding can be tricky, and here at Be Engaged and Inspired, we're here to help. And we're going to continue on our trend of going through the ABCs of weddings. We're going through the alphabet. That's what we're doing. And where are we? I think we're at G. Gobo Lighting. Okay, I I know what a gobo is in my brain, but as a DJ, I think you deal with this a lot more than I do, so why okay. don't you help our guests? A gobo is actually a metal or paper, or plastic, I guess, I've with, seen the, them with the new LED lights, a circular template that has uh, a design or an imprint or on it. Um, yeah, I didn't really want to say monogram because you can put a lot of other stuff That's other true. than a, a, a monogram. But if you recognize what I'm talking about, it is a design that includes maybe a monogram or stars or um, a cartoon figure or wording that is projected with a, a Leco light or an, a very bright LED light. And it's projected onto a wall or a surface or a ceiling and with stars or other effects, you can create things on a wall. You can turn a blank wall into a design. Or if it's a monogram, like you'd said before, you can shine that somewhere so that the bride's uh, initials or the groom's or the couple's initials are on a, a wall, a floor, or whatever. I always notice them when we go to bridal shows because a lot of DJs shoot them up against the ceiling. So when yeah. you're walking around this gigantic bridal show, you <laughs> see them. Uh, I do that sometimes. Oh, oh, imagine that. <laughs> Okay, next one's golden hour. I know what this one is. What is it? So it's like the perfect time uh, yes. of the day when the light is perfect, the sky is great, you look good no matter what happens, and they take a photograph of you. Uh, that's like my simple version. As, as opposed to golden years. Yes, that's, so, that's what you're in. <laughs> it's golden. Now, most photographers try and aim for that time so that they can get the, a, a great shot of think, the sunset or... Well, it depends. You know, every place is a little different and your venue might be a little bit different too because you don't know what's blocking the light or how the sun is going to be moving. So any great photographer is going to spend a little time figuring that out, but... Most of them sort of know how to do it, even if they don't hit the golden hour. Right. One of the funny things about a golden hour is that unless the photographer has been to that facility before, they may not know the orientation of the building Correct. as opposed to the sunset, if that's what they're going to. Uh, because uh, one of my favorite facilities, the Lake of Isles, is absolutely fantastic facility in grounds, but you really can't get a <laughs> a sunset picture because just of the way the building is orientated. And all the, the trees. The trees and, and the rest of the golf course, you really can't Just do ask it. them to remove them, Sam. Well, I'm no, good, but I'm not that good. Nobody's paying for that anyway. <laughs> okay, so next one is in-house catering. In-house catering. Catering. You know what that is? That is, uh, if you book a facility, their people that run the facility will do the cooking and buffet and whatever else. So basically, there's an in-house kitchen. You have to work with their menu. You have to work with their projects. um, And it's provided with you into your sort of rental fee. Right. And most people like in-house catering because it's one and done. You don't have to worry about getting anything in to do it. Well, yes. Typically, they do, you know, also provide all of like the linens and the tables and in 
china and glassware but you know you may not have as much freedom that sort of depends on the facility some places have a great selection of linens right. of course some of them are upgrades but it does mean that a lot of times you're not having to bring anything extra and that's the key that's that what you key. really want uh, well not always as well, a person who <clears throat> manages a whole bunch of places that doesn't have an in-house caterer. That's right. I, I love having the in-house caterer because there's one person that you're dealing with for everything. Uh, and a lot of clients like that. But if you want a little variety. Uh, um, a little change. Yeah. A little spice. Catering. is Nothing wrong with catering yeah. either. No. Nope. Yeah. That's good. And we don't want. We still have to have caterers as guests. For our talk, uh, for a podcast, so let's not piss them off right away. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one's a head table. A head so table. head tables have really changed as the years have gone on. I was just going to say traditional head <laughs> yeah. table. Head tables used to be this grand, long, huge table that had the couple, then their whoever significant wedding party was. Sometimes they included the wedding party guests, like their their plus one. Oh yeah. So like yeah. if you had a best man, his his wife or girlfriend could be up there as well, or I guess groom or husband so just depending on what it was you could have this long huge table of like 14 15 people you could also have a small one that was only like four or five people right sort of used to be on display yeah the bridal party wedding party were on display for everybody the head table was usually on a little riser so it was all well, it depends on where you were but yes well, I, 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 and those talking, all in one places yes, sometimes yes. it is on a riser <laughs> traditionally traditionally but yes. now also head tables can just be a round table Hmm. That basically the, the couple's at. Yep. That has become the head table. Hmm. You can still do it the old way. You can do it the new way. You can do it whichever way you want. really want to do it. There's no actual right or wrong. And there are good reasons to have a head table. I, I agree. You can have everybody in one place. A traditional head table typically would be the brides on one, bridesmaids on one side, groomsmen on mm-hmm. the other, the couple right uh, smack dab in the middle. It's great for a picture, but... One of the reasons why everybody went to sweetheart tables was the fact that they were just too long and big. Mm-hmm. And the... Um, plus ones. The plus... That's... <laughs> I was going to say the other ones, but... <laughs> plus ones. Plus sounds ones nice. sounds even even better. Were always left out and they were on that table. The when, awkward one in the corner? Yes, yes. And nobody really knew each other and it was very awkward. Now having a sweetheart table and no head table works for a lot of clients. Yeah. And I just think it's, you know, I, I like a head table. I have a lot of clients this past year who have just had a normal round table amongst everybody else and they've just, everybody sat there. Because um, they have maybe a smaller wedding party and it's been able to do it that way. But it's just, you know, a way to do it. Yeah, it, it, it's nice. And I, I love the, the circular yes. head table where you have... So nobody has to watch you eat. Exactly. I feel like it's a little awkward, but that's just me. <laughs> what do you got next for me? I have for you installation. Oh, yeah. Not my favorite part of a wedding. <laughs> Actually, this I is... like in- installing. I don't like breaking down. <laughs> That you sound a little bit like me. I I love setting up the equipment and doing the event, uh, but it's the breaking down and driving back home at the end of the event that I hate. Yes, well, it's also because last week um, I had a three day installation. Oh day. yeah, I, I did see the pictures on that, <laughs> and lots of up and down from a ladder and, and a it lot wor- of shifting thing. It, it worked. worked out. It worked it, out. It worked out beautifully. And then on Sunday, I was thankful that I could send my crew to go pack it up because I was not going up another ladder. You see, that's when you're a business owner. You can send your crew. And that's what also makes you typically a professional if you have a crew. Um, But installation is installing either chandeliers, lighting, any extra decor that is not um, necessarily sensitive to timing um, in the sense of like flowers and things. You may not want to put those up to the last minute. This can be done days prior. This can be done the day of. Every venue has their different load-in times and load date 
days out. If you're thinking of a crazy plan of things that you want to do, you really need to make sure that your venue can accommodate how long it's going to actually take it to do it. Right. We we had Mary uh, explain that it's just not so easy just to hang those twinkle lights. I think she makes it look easy constantly. <laughs> within 30 minutes before the, the event. Yes. It just doesn't happen. Mary's from MJ Decorations, and all she does is hang twinkle lights and all sorts of decorations <laughs> and lanterns. Um, and I had lots of sympathy for her the last few days because we had to hang 60 lanterns like metal ones. Oh, Lord. Up and down the ladder. Oh, my goodness. Up and down the ladder. So when uh, a client asks, uh, how long is an installation going to take, what's the usual projected time? If it's something that I've done before, I'm happy to, like, you know, say like look last time this took us two or three yep, hours gotcha. but i'm sure that we could probably do it in two if we brought in extra crew so does bringing in an extra crew member make it less expensive than renting the venue for a little bit longer right. um if it's something that you've never done before it you know we wanted to do things the day before because our couple wasn't exactly sure how they wanted the space to look so they had a vision but they've never done it before Right. And that's the key element here is we're talking about in-house before. Mm -hmm. Most in-house places are not going to allow you to do these installations. So please don't think that an installation uh, can happen at every single wedding venue because it can't. No. There's some venues I don't even know. I don't even know what I'd have to use to get like up to touch the ceiling like I can't even imagine but in some of them is that you can't install because you won't have enough time to break it down for their if they have another event. Okay. So like if you're in a place that has two or three weddings going on or two or three different oh, events going yeah, on yeah. or the next morning the next event starts at 8 a.m. Yeah. And it took your crew, you know, eight hours to set everything up. It's going to probably take us at least six hours to pull everything down. Right. If you want it done right. Correct. And a little bit of cursing. So you know what an invitation suit is? Um, or sweet suit? Su- sweet. Sweet, yeah. Yes, okay. I know that. That's my English uh, in me again. I guess so. Um, an invitation suite is, is it the collection of uh, invitations as in the response card, the... Info card, the yeah, invitation. All those things. All the little itty bitty bits and pieces that come in that envelope. <laughs> you mean that uh, invitation suite is not uh, an instant invita- message no. from Facebook? Nope. Please is, come to my wedding. No, that would be you, like... You a, can't do that? Is it like an evite? No, it's not that. <laughs> it's also not an invitation to come up to the suite. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just That's one of, something completely different. Well, I mean, some people may get that invitation, <laughs> but not the rest of everybody else. But yeah, it's basically that gives you all the information, what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to <clears throat> return the RSVP card, mm-hmm. gives you even the little envelope, mm-hmm. even gives you the stamp. And maybe you can answer the question, what is that little piece of paper that they put in every single invitation? That you can see through? Yeah, it's just a little piece of paper like that they chuck Sometimes tissue inside. paper. Yes, tissue paper. Or sometimes it's a vellum. Yeah. The reason they do it is Please. so that, in theory, um, that your invitation pieces of paper won't stick together. So oh. if you have important paperwork and they're all the same size, you know, you could lose your information card and your RSVB card because they got stuck together. Because uh. let's say it's traveling during a hot summer month and things are just a little stickier than usual. So what you're saying is then when we got married, we just tossed those out. We weren't supposed to do that. No, you're, you can toss them oh, okay. out. You don't have to keep them. Okay. Just, we, we shouldn't discuss your, <laughs> your marriage stuff all the time. Okay, so when we're back, we're going to keep going. I think like the next one starts with a K, Ooh. which I like. 
because my name starts with a K. Be engaged and inspired. We'll be right back. Thank you for making Barabalt Jewelers your wedding jewelry destination. From your engagement to wedding day, we've got you covered with engagement rings, wedding bands, and wedding party gift ideas. We welcome you to make an appointment and visit our styling lounge in our store. Barabalt Jewelers in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook or at barabaltjewelers.com. Live musicians, custom lighting and photo booth. When your wedding entertainment has to have the amazing music be fun, organized, and unforgettable, your choice has to be Atmosphere Productions. Experience the difference. www.atmosphere-productions.com That's www.atmosphere-productions.com DJs, live musicians, custom lighting and photo booth. Atmosphere Productions. Hi, I'm Al Mashioki. This is Chrissy Beef. Hey, it's Lauren from Julie Allen Bridal. Hi, I'm Dave Noonan from Modern Photographic. This is Marty Q. This is wedding celebrant and officiant Mary Covey. Hi, I'm Mary Carlson from MJ Decorations. And I listen to the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast. And I love listening to DJ Sam and Kia. And I always listen to DJ Sam and Kia on the Be Engaged and Inspired podcast. Listen, listen and download, download on, on iTunes, iTunes or Google, Google podcast. podcast. And you should too. Do you like goats? Do you like farms? Want to get married at a goat farm? Bradley Mountain Farm, located in Southington, Connecticut, is the perfect location for your wedding. Choose from a lakeside or field ceremony. From intimate gatherings of 25 up to 300 tented, Bradley Mountain Farm is the perfect venue. Find us online at engagedct.com. Some knowledge belongs to us and us alone. The way our girlfriends walk, talk, touch their hair. Details that only a sister can know about her girls. But what about our other girls? The ones we carry with us every day. Our bond with our sister girls gives life. But knowing your breasts can save it. Go to knowyourgirls.org for the facts you need on breast health. Brought to you by Susan G. Coleman and the Ad Council. The Engaged and Inspired podcast is sponsored by Barabort Jewelers in Glastonbury, Connecticut. BarabortJewelers.com And now your hosts, Kia and DJ Sam. Be Engaged and Inspired podcast. Welcome back. This is DJ Sam. And this is Kia. Are you sure? I Last time I checked. So we're on K's. <laughs> yes, we are doing the alphabets uh, terminologies. Yes. And we're on K's? K's. It's a ketuba. You know what that is? Uh, isn't it that big instrument nope. that you blow in? Nope, goes, nope, boo, nope, boo. nope, 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 nope. It's a Jewish wedding contract. I knew that. It's like usually it's actually really beautiful. It's a big um, piece of paper. It's sort of rolled up. It can be some places. Some people don't roll them up anymore because it's a pain to oh. de-roll them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than trying to sign something that keeps trying uh, to roll up underneath you, like the um, Dead Sea Scrolls yes. or something. But it's sort of almost like a contract. But now it's sort of like a piece of art. It's standard to sign this ketubah after the vows have been exchanged. Yes, I've seen so that. Typically, you'll have vows, and where everybody else sort of um, and other cultural type of wedding um, ceremonies, they go and they start taking photos. A lot of them go into a private room where the families are there and they witness them signing. That I have seen. And then it gets framed and kept in your house. And you can have an artist... Yeah. actually create it so it uh, it becomes a framed piece of artwork mm-hmm. that you can have. I have my couple who's getting married next year who they actually pick theirs up from Israel. Oh. So it's really going to be really pretty. So it has the authentic paper and everything. Yep. Oh, beautiful. It's going to be gorgeous for them. Yes. So the next one is kickback. And you uh, know how I feel about it. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you, you'll understand that uh, Key and I uh, have this disdain 
for kickbacks. There is nothing wrong with a kickback. Let me settle this from the very beginning. If you know that it's a kickback, it's fine. Sometimes it's uh, covered up as a referral fee or a referral gift. It's still a kickback. Yes. So if you see anywhere that it says referral fee paid by, that's a kickback. Mm-hmm. And typically, so, it's something where if I recommended a great DJ, like Atmosphere Productions. Who? And then you handed me like 50 or 100 or 75 bucks or... Chiching. Something. Yep. <laughs> then the question becomes, did I recommend you because I like you and I've worked with you a lot and I do recommend you? Or is it because I recommended you because you gave me a $75 Starbucks gift card? Gift card. Or... I prefer like a TJ Maxx or a Marshalls <laughs> or Target. Just putting that out there. Or I come to your office every morning with a dozen... Dunkin' Donuts uh, that donuts. That is not going to be good for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> but something even as innocuous as that mm-hmm. can be considered as a kickback uh, too. And now some places have sort of, like we manage some venues, but we're actually built into the contract. We're very upfront right from the beginning that when you're paying for the venue, our staff is being paid for as well. Yes. But we're doing standard on-site coordination type of thing. We're not an additional contract for you and you know sometimes venues do have trusted venue vendors preferred vendors um your question as a couple should always be how do they get on that list right and why are they on that list right because there are vendor books that uh, companies produce Mm -hmm. which cost a lot of money they're pretty oh absolutely and the vendors are asked to advertise and i'll quote that in quotes, advertise within the book as one of the preferred vendors. Now, that's not a kickback in the traditional term, but if the facility is only recommending those people in the book and they've paid for the advertising and they are okayed with the facility, that's fine. But if there's a separate list that is being paid for by the vendor to get a referral to the bride and the groom that is outside of the book, Mm -hmm. that is a kickback. Yep. And sometimes that means that you're not being given um, all of the information because, you know, I prefer to hand over about five different DJs who all have different styles, who do their different things and let the couple choose. But if I I just said, it's just Sam, that's all it is. (laughs) And you might not actually even want that couple. Absolutely. (laughs) And and you have to be careful. This commission that is being literally charged, make sure it's not at a premium to what you're paying. Mm -hmm. And some places will charge you an additional fee if you do not book one of their vendors. Now, there's many different reasons for that. Hate it. Um, sometimes the question is, so what happens to that fee is what should be your question. Is that fee being handed over to one or two different vendors because they're not being used? Um, or is that fee being used to cover higher insurance because it's someone who's not been there before? We charge a food truck fee with no ill will towards food trucks, except that they never send enough staff and don't stay until the end of the event to clean up. Yeah, and that's not good. And so that's why we have to charge that fee. So I'm always happy to say that our additional $500 fee for food trucks is just paying for staff who has to clean up their mess. Right. It's not a punishment to the bride and the groom or to the couple Mm -hmm. because they didn't go with the required vendor or or whatever. Uh, It it should never be that extra fee is saying, well, if you don't hire our DJ, you have to pay a $500 fee because. 
And sometimes paying that $500 fee is worth it because you can find somebody who you like better, who fits your style, and may be less expensive. I, may, may. I don't know how many times that has happened. Yes, that it may be worth paying that fee if you know and like a particular vendor mm-hmm. that you would like to come to this particular facility. Pay the extra because then you're guaranteed of the work. You're guaranteed what you want. Yep. You know what a letterpress is? No, I don't. Explain this one to me. It used to be like fancy paperwork. So, you know, like invitations are on like slightly thicker paper. And the letterpress would almost be like the letters were pressed in. So if you ran your fingers over the invite, that's how you knew it was special. Ah. It's an old style printing method. A lot of places don't do it anymore. Um, But some do and some are bringing it back. There's a great place in Hartford um, called Hartford Prints. They have like old style printers that they use to do that. Excellent. And it's a really cool way. And there's different ways that you can do it. So it can give you that like 3D effect. Now I think you can like emboss them and raise them up. You can do them both ways, like falling in or falling out. So an an embossing is... Raised. Yep. And a letterpress... Is pressed in. At least that's my understanding. You see... All these years doing this, I've now learned something completely different. And it's like, you know, it's just a little bit of texture. And that's good. I, I like, like the invitations <laughs> <laughs> that you you can run your finger well, over the letters. Well, the thing like is, it. too, is the invitation is your first sort yes. of look for your guest as to what they're attending. Right. And it should be impressive. Yes. Or it should at least be informative and nice and sweet and simple and right to the point. But it should be whatever you want it to be, Sam. Absolutely. So now we're going to end up uh, on this, like... M-O-H-M-O-B-M-O-G world. <laughs> we, we didn't do the F-O-Gs either. Well, that's true. We didn't. But, you know, I think you can figure it out. If you've listened yeah. this far, just apply all of this information back to the Fs. <laughs> so, an M-O-H. Mother. Oh, no. Maid of Honor. Sorry. Or Matron of Honor. Yeah, that's true. The difference is that the Matron is actually already married. Well, Not that they're like an old lady who's well, being like your maid of honor. Matron is a married. Yes. And maid is unmarried. Correct. But I just feel like matron just sounds like like you have a little old lady standing next to you. It is. I, I always hate explaining to a couple what the difference is between a maid of honor and a matron of honor. Because usually the matron of honor is the same age or younger than the bride. <laughs> That's true. And, and And to say she's now a matron, mm-hmm. it, I hate that term. But... That's what it is. And their role is sort of to, you know, assist you, to fluff your dress, to hold your bouquet. Sometimes they dress differently than the rest of the bridal party. Sometimes they don't. Uh, When you're walking down an aisle, they're usually the last of your girls to walk before you. Sometimes there's flower girls or ring bearers in between you, but they're sort of that last, like, thing. And when when you get up to the altar, they're going to fix your dress. Yes. So and then take your bouquet. So the the other terms. So we, if somebody says to you that you're a a, a mob, a mob or a, a FOB a or FOG, these are the terms that we use in the industry. Shorthand terms for mm-hmm. father of the groom, father of the bride, uh, mother, mother of, of the, the bride. groom. Mother I'm going to end up being a mog because you can be I only have boys, so I'm going to be a mother of the groom. Yes, and I'm going to be an FOB. You, that's, or, that's what I called you this morning. Yes, or although people <laughs> have called me many other things, I'm looking forward to be an FOB. So basically, they're just shorthand terms. Um, sometimes you'll see them when you go to a venue, and they'll ask you to fill out sort of like a ceremony form for them. It might spell out maid of honor, but depending on how much information is needed, they might they might shorten it. Same thing for mother. Um, sometimes they'll do grandmothers. Usually we don't say. Oh no, I've not seen I've like GMOB. Seen. Like we don't know. 
They usually just say grandparents, yes. and then we just let it be and click which ones they are. That would be rude. Yes, I don't. Yeah, I couldn't. I'm not calling somebody a gob or a gog. It doesn't sound good at all. No. But yes, yeah, so these are just terms that are meant to sort of help you if you happen to be looking at forms and you're wondering, like, what the heck is this MOH that's like keeps following me around? That would be your maid of honor. That's it. Okay. So we've given you some terms uh, from the alphabet, and we're going to be doing this. Randomly. Yeah, absolutely. You have to listen to find out, and we're going to go through the entire alphabet, and uh, we're both going to learn something here, I think. I think I already knew all of uh, this. No, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she is such a smarty pants, isn't she? I had too much coffee this morning. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Remember that you can download us for free off of iTunes and Google Play, if you have any questions or topics that you want us to cover, just send us an email at engagect at gmail.com. Any parting words? Yes, my usual parting word is eight questions you must ask a wedding professional before you book them. Our special report is on our website. It is free. Just go to our webpage, all the w's.atmosphere-productions.com. Look for the special tag we just changed our website by the way so now it's right in the center of the page Ooh, and i think it's fancy. it's pink or purple i forgot what color i chose Probably depends on what your screen looks like but yes well that's true uh so just click on the button and uh, put in your email address and we'll send it to you free okay join us again next wednesday because we're here every wednesday the engaged and inspired podcast is sponsored by barrowbot jewelers in glastonbury connecticut barrowboltjewelers.com Produced and copyrighted by Atmosphere Productions in association with Engage Connecticut. Mm-hmm.